Welcome to Future Insiders, a podcast about the future of tech, business, and humanity. I am your host, Kathy Hackle. Today, I'm joined by my friend, Leslie Shannon, head of ecosystem and trend scouting at Nokia. She's one of my favorite people, and I love having futuristic conversations with her about the spatial internet. Let's get to it. All right, so I am joined by my friend Leslie Shannon from Nokia. Um, And Leslie, thanks for being on Future Insiders. Oh, my pleasure, Kathy. It's a delight to have the invitation from you. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about what you're doing at Nokia, because you have like the dream job or the dream title, at least, for many futurists out there. Uh, Tell folks a little bit about what you do for them. Yeah. So, well, it it actually... my role really springs from Nokia's checkered history. Um, that, you know, I mean, the company is 155 years old. We, you know, we've been around for a very long time, and it's only in the last 30 years or so that we've been in the mobile phone business. And we've always done both the handsets, the devices, and the networks. And um, you know, in, in the network side, our main company, um, sorry, our main customers are the phone companies of the world. Um, well, the handset side was what everybody knew us for, the consumer business. And so we had the rise and fall, you know. Yay. Um, so I've been with Nokia for 20 years, so I saw all of that. And But I've always been on the network side. And so we're still chugging along and we're, you know, one of the top um, vendors of telecommunications equipment um, to phone companies in the world. Um, but one of the, the reasons that the phone side collapsed was that they were not paying attention to the world of technology outside their own boundaries. And so they were only looking at telecommunications and even worse within that, once they achieved um, 40% market share, they only looked at themselves. We're like, we're number one. We don't have to pay attention to anybody else. And so next thing you know, this upstart from another industry because Apple was the computer (laughs) company, right? They come in with a better product that better serves the needs of of users. And and it was a very sharp decline thereafter. So so having, having that background. Uh, I came to Silicon Valley uh, with Nokia here in 2015, and I was doing another job with them completely. But, uh, you know, I'd come from Finland, where I'd been at headquarters for for 11 years there. And in Finland, the world is very centered around telecommunications. But I get to Silicon Valley, and oh, there's all this other stuff, not telecommunications. Look, telecommunications, not the center of the universe. And and so (laughs) I just started looking at the um, the technology that was around me, and a lot of this technology is stuff that has potential. It's it's what's coming in the future. So I just started reporting it, and I was lucky enough to be in a customer facing job. And so I got to where I would do the thing that I was doing already. That was my official job. They were paying me for, and then at the end I would say, Hey, uh, you know, phone company customer, um would you like to hear what I'm seeing in Silicon Valley and what I think this means for the future? And and then I started doing that. And after doing that for about a year, I, Nokia is very flexible this way, which is, um, I love the company yeah. for this. Uh, yeah, they actually then made it my full-time job to be the one looking for the new technology trends that are the things that, um, that, our, com- that our customers are going to need to build their networks to support in the future. Because of course, you know, if we're gonna be doing all kinds of stuff over, you know, with, with VR and AR and the metaverse in 2030, the plans to build the networks to support that 
are going to need to start coming in now. And that's really the purpose that I serve. And so I got lucky with an industry that needs a forward-looking view. We had the bad example of what happened with yeah. the phones to make everybody take me a little more seriously than they might have otherwise. <laughs> and and it all came together. And then so now this, this looking forward and this looking at new technologies is actually my officially mandated full-time job. Um, That's fantastic. So. <laughs> and, and you and I, you and I actually met uh, for we were both on a panel for the future of entertainment for Comic Con at home, and we were both like so pumped. Oh my gosh! Oh, oh my god! Know, I know, Comic Con! Con. <laughs> right, geeking out. Um, and we connected. You know, we connected there, and then we've kind of connected after that, talking about the concept of the spatial internet, the spatial web, the metaverse, whatever. You know, we've all, we've had this conversation of like, what is it really called? Um, and everything. So maybe tell folks a little bit about your views on, um, I think you call it spatial internet. If I'm, if I'm I do, I do. You're a metaverse person. I'm a spatial internet I'm person. I'm a metaverse. That's okay. yeah, you know, well. you know, it's all good. <laughs> potato, potato. Exactly. <laughs> the, 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 the one name will will emerge from this. Yeah. And yeah. The consumers <laughs> will choose the name. That's what I'm guessing. They will Whatever actually. Or somebody will come out with know. something super catchy. Metaverse is yeah. a little better marketing than spatial internet. So you might have the edge there. But <laughs> we don't know yet. We don't know. Potato, <laughs> potato. Who knows which right. one's going to be? Uh, but tell folks a little bit about how you view it. Because, I mean, you and I have had some fantastic conversations, amazing examples that you shared with me. Like, what can you tell us about the spatial internet? Okay, so the way that I that I work my my research is um, now I, I of course I have my own personal views about like wow the way I would love the world to be but but what I do in my job is I look at the things that are happening I look at the evidence for what is coming and I let that lead me to what the future is likely to be and and especially because I'm not. I'm not limited to any particular industry. Um, I'm looking across a broad swath of, of, of things. And so I'm not just looking at AR and VR, I'm also looking at machine learning and connected cars and drones, all of these things together. And for me, um, every, so, so, the, the spectacular moment, and I think this decade, despite its inauspicious beginning, I think this decade oh, yeah. of the 2020s, yeah, um, this is actually where we're going to see a gigantic change in the relationship between humans and computers on a grand scale. And there's so many things that feed into this. Um, the rise of voice assistance, um, the rise of uh, uh, gesture understanding and understanding our emotions maybe even better than we understand them. And then, of course, the the, the 3D mapping of the external world and the ability to integrate information with that 3D map so that you can access it when you are in that place if you have the key to unlock that information. And I think that that key is going to be visual and auditory rather than a keyboard with a screen. Right now, our computing is all keyboard with screen. But where we're going, it's getting unlocked. It's being, it's moving into the environment around us, the ambient world around us. And all of these things that I'm talking about are actually, and it's going to take, you know, a long time for this to play yeah. out. But all of these things are going to come together to really create a ultimately unified experience in which we are embedded in a computable world and we don't even think about it and if you know if the holodeck is the way that it makes sense for you to envision that <laughs> go for it because that's pretty close to what it is 
<laughs> yeah, and I think it's it's a really exciting time. You know, it's a when we think about what is it going to look like. It's being built. That's no question. Yes. I mean, it's being yes, built, and I think that that's where we need to talk about right now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's not only sci-fi. This is being built currently as we speak. Exactly. The companies that I'm looking at, as I said, I only look at the things yeah. that are really happening. I'm looking at the things that are being done by the public things that are being done. It's the kind of thing, like to, to take it to a telco parallel, back in the introduction of 3G and the introduction of 4G, um, quite often, uh, you know, the phone companies would say, well, I don't see a business case for launching this new technology. But as soon as their competitor launches it, oh my God, I have to have a 3G network right now. Uh, it's going to be kind of the same thing. All these companies are working on this kind of thing because there's a there is a lot of um, groundwork that needs to be done. The 3D mapping of the world, and then and then the labeling of it, the segmentation of it, and then the hanging information on it. That is the work of a long time. Yeah. Um, not yeah, not the work of of a moment. And so we're still a couple of years away from that infrastructure to be completed, even to a point where you know, it's, it's, it can have its first, you know, time out. And at the same time, we also need to work on the interfaces because walking around, looking at everything through the camera on our phone, no, we yeah. will need some kind of head mounted something. And what I find very interesting is that when you hear the rumors, okay, um, but, uh, and also the statements from Apple and Facebook and Qualcomm who are working on kind of the head devices, plus Google having just bought North and everybody's, you know, um, the timeline seems to be kind of a 2022-2023, which is the same kind of timeline that you hear from Niantic and from others about having kind of initial moves in this, this 3D mapped world with information in it maybe starting to appear. So so I think you know, two, three years from now, this is when we're actually going to um, this is when we're actually going to um, be uh, seeing this coming out. And then it's gonna be like, what the heck? Where did this all come from? And it's like, well, no, it's actually been in train for quite a while. Yeah, that's why, why we're having these conversations. That's why this is important. You know, right. that, and it's important for you to have conversations with your, you know, your customers as well to better prepare them, right? Um, you know, don't say, it's kind of like, don't say I didn't warn you kind of thing. Yes. This is happening, exactly. this is coming. <laughs> no one's stopping this. This is the, this is the wave of the future. Um, you know, I, I think it's really interesting because obviously you've been thinking a lot about 5G and kind of what comes with 5G. Um, but you know, you and I haven't even talked about 6G and what does, you know, how, how does that enable the metaverse or the spatial internet and everything? So maybe what are your thoughts around that? Well, um, uh, the Nokia, um, we actually, we, Bell Labs is part of Nokia these days. Uh, we acquired it with Alcatel-Lucent in, uh, 2017, 16, it's a blur. <laughs> and so, and, and they actually just recently released, um, their paper on what their view of what 6G is. And the thing is that each G kind of corrects the things that needed correcting <laughs> from the previous G. And, um, and so, uh, so the thing that I found most interesting in the way that, that Bell Labs is thinking about 6G so far is that it, so if you think about the three legs of 5G, the three main things that are that make it that set it apart and solve the problems of latency, 4G. latency, right, mm -hmm. bandwidth, and the ability to support millions of devices from one base station. Right now, there's limitations with the way that the um, the things connect. You can't actually have millions of devices on 4G, but you can on 5G. And so 6G then takes that. So that that's the baseline for 6G. And the thing that 6G is adding that's new is biometrics. So the idea of not just 
lots and lots of sensors, but also sensors that are somehow connected or part of our body or a, but much more, yeah. And so, and if you think about, um, so that, and that what I find actually quite interesting about that is that means that if, that 6G will have to address even more directly um, ahead of time concerns about um, electromagnetic frequency, concerns about um, radiation that are unfortunately, you know, 5G is getting a bad rap um, and it really shouldn't. 5G is actually a much more energy efficient um, uh, medium and, and standard than 4G was and it actually consumes less energy and emits less power than 4G did. Yeah. But, you know, everything new always comes up you know people are like, ah. yeah um but yeah yeah 5g no not a problem change is um, hard people don't like change, change. is hard change is hard right. know what's we gonna get the bigger <laughs> faster speeds more latency everything yeah and uh, um and, and 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 some of the millimeter wave stuff that's happening in 5g um that is a new spectrum band for um for uh, uh mobile communications but it's in the same place that radar is so you know nobody's radar has not caused covid in the past you know, so yeah so you know just want to put that out there. Um, but I think that means that if we're actually looking at moving these things even more closely and in, in an integrated style with our bodies, which again is like, well, you know what? Um, there's, uh, you know, that is something that we'll have to actually, it'll have to be baked in where we can actually yeah. prove to people and show to people that, look, this thing that kind of happened at the beginning of 5G, we need to make sure that we allay those fears from the start with 6G. From the start, that's awesome. Yeah. And one of the things I always ask anyone on Future Insiders is, you know, um, I tend to be protopian about the future, so not so utopian. It's not, you know, your unicorns and popcorn, and it's not dystopian all the way. I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle. And, um, you know, with that in mind, like, what are some of the things that you're seeing out there that you're excited about? Like, what's something out there that you're seeing, maybe a signal or something on the fringe that you're a little bit like, ooh, this is interesting. Like, what? Can you share something with us that you think is interesting. Oh, um, one of the things that I'm really loving about the COVID moment, even though that sentence didn't come out sounding very good, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, the, the, the necessity of the COVID oh. moment has driven us to actually move much more intently and purposefully online and and yeah you know you and i we're in a zoom call right now and so um actually it's not even zoom it's over oh, google meet um see there's so many platforms now we're just you know it's we're all getting you know it doesn't really matter anymore but the thing that i'm seeing is that people are actually actively moving activities into not these space that was created for a meeting but into platforms that were not designed for this like games like yep. you know you told me about your child's kindergarten graduation in, in minecraft Craft. and yeah. and and there's weddings and there's funerals that have happened in animal crossing and of course the famous example of the 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 british children's author who had the editorial meetings in red dead redemption um you know and this is people are the people are saying they're indicating with their actions you know what there are some spectacular online environments that have already been created. Okay, that yeah, was a game, fine. I finished playing the game. I wanna spend more time in that space because that's a space that has meaning for me and it's real to me. And 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 so, yeah. And, and so I think we're gonna look back and we're gonna go, okay, the COVID moment was when we actually started having things happening in these virtual spaces, in these game spaces that counted in real life. Yeah. And I think this is gonna be a point of no return, actually. 
and yeah, one well, that I, I, I really embrace. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, one of the things someone I was having a conversation with said, um, you know, social networks are being disguised as gaming. Like you know, Roblox and Minecraft and and in Animal Crossing, it's like yeah, they are social networks. You know, at the end of the day, and that's that's how my kids view for Roblox. Like to them, you know, initially I was like, I did a little video and I asked them, so what's Roblox? And I thought they were gonna say it's a video game or whatever. They're like, oh no, it's a community. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's your children. <laughs> my children, they view it as a community. It's a social network for them, and that's where they've hung out but they hang out with their friends who they can't see because of the current situation so definitely a lot of some interesting stuff there happening and uh, you know i had that recent article in forbes about is direct to avatar the next direct to consumer right oh and i How think that's uh, you're so on the right track with that yeah <laughs> it's, it's it's interesting it's an interesting time um so you know we're i think we're getting towards the end of our time together here at future insiders but maybe uh leave folks a little bit with you know some maybe a cool project or something that you're working on that you're excited about um or anything like a new technology or something that you're seeing out there that's cool and then how folks can like connect with you like where can they find you um what's the best way to connect just something yeah, fun it's let's see um well the best way to connect is i mean just straight up leslie.shannon at nokia.com um always interested in hearing from people who you know and connecting with people also linkedin well you know leslie shannon yeah. at nokia there's only one of us only one of me um <laughs> you and your avatar not royal you yet, yeah yeah you and your avatar yeah <laughs> yeah exactly it's but um um actually uh one of the most exciting things uh, that I've seen recently was um, was back in May when the Kentucky Derby was not able to be broadcast live. They weren't, they didn't have the running of the Kentucky Derby. And so what NBC did instead was, okay, there's been, over the entire history of the Triple Crown, there's been 13 horses that have won all three races in the Triple Crown. So yeah. And they digitized the actual races of each one of those horses and, and broadcast, instead of the Kentucky Derby, this digital race of all these different horses if you put them all on the same field who would win okay if you know anything wow. about the kentucky derby you know that okay secretariat's gonna win he had the fastest time yes but 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 to see who you know it it made me cry i never wow. thought i would see Secretariat running against Sir Barton, who was the first one who won mm -hmm. in 1919, running against Citation or Affirmed. And just to see all these great horses in one place at one time running the races wow. that each one of them ran. And it, it oh my God, it's giving me chills just, just like thinking about it wow. now. So, so this, this is another really key thing that I'm seeing happening now because the key about moving onto these digital platforms is that we're no longer bounded by reality. We mm -hmm. can do things like this we can use our imagination and integrate ourselves with not just the future but the past, the past. and in meaningful mm -hmm. ways that we can learn from and so you know I, I you know just you know my head explodes like I just can't even I, there's no limits to the possibilities with yeah. everything that's going to be surrounding us and changing everything yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh and on that note and on that note Oh man, I always love talking to you. Oh my gosh, I always have a good time. Listen, this is awesome. Well, Likewise. thanks for being you on know, Future Insiders. Love talking to you, and I hope folks will reach out. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see you in the future. <laughs> oh, look, it's future now. Great. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Future Insiders podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe and I'll see you in our next episode.